Welcome once again to Lost Tuesday Talk, Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. The big news of this past week were the Orlando shootings. 49 people killed, plus the shooter, 53 seriously injured. We talked about this last week. We've heard a lot about it on the news. I think the issue this evening, the primary issue to be discussed, the opening topic on the show, is what the United States Senate did last night to try to limit uh, the shootings, to control the issuance of guns, to control the sale of guns. And our United States Senate did what was expected. They did nothing. There were four proposals last night before the Senate, all to add some degree of control to gun sales. Okay? Each one of the four was defeated. Each one of the four was defeated. With all due respect, I have to blame the Republicans who controlled uh, the United States Senate. There were Democrats who voted in opposition also to controls. But we're living in a world of insanity in this country today when things like this can occur. I have two thoughts I wish to share with you. Two things I cannot understand. One, a person on the terrorist list can be stopped from flying. A person on the terrorist list can be stopped from flying. But that same person on the terrorist list cannot be stopped from buying a gun. How does this work? We put all these hundreds or thousands of people on these terrorist lists. If they're there, you can't fly in an airplane. We're afraid you're going to blow it up. But yet you have permission to go out and buy a gun and shoot people. Doesn't that make sense to me? The other thing is the NRA, uh, the National Rifle Association. They control and dominate our elected officials, our politicians. This gun organization controls the Congress of the United States. More honestly stated, they own congressmen. They own Congress. The congressmen don't seem to care. It's shameful and disgraceful. Uh, How can the NRA, an independent group, I think they're not for profit also, though I could be wrong on that, control what the United States Congress does because they contribute big dollars to their campaigns. And if they don't vote the way of the NRA, the NRA will make sure that they don't get reelected the next time because it is well known the NRA has in its membership at least half the people in the United States. This is a divided issue. I speak from what I think is a healthy point of view, uh, that we've got to control gun sales. We can't shoot our own. It is wrong, absolutely wrong. And someone better come up with a solution. I don't know one. You don't know one, probably. Uh, We pay these guys out in Washington to do something. They're not doing it. We better come up with a solution, because if we don't, there are going to be more children shot and more events such as happened Uh, in Orlando last week. Moving on, I want to go to Venezuela. This is an absolute disgrace. Venezuela is an absolute disgrace. The people are hungry in Venezuela. They are starving. I am not being dramatic, okay? Uh, I've been talking about Venezuela for four years. 
I, it all started, you recall, four years ago? All of a sudden, Venezuela ran out of toilet paper. Now, how the hell do you run out of toilet paper? And for four years, they still have not gotten a sufficient supply of toilet paper in the country. I don't know how the people are doing without toilet paper. They are doing, but they don't have a sufficient supply of toilet paper. It can't be that hard to replace toilet paper. You go out and you buy more. They have a president. He's been president for about four years, Nicolas Maduro. I have been saying for four years, I don't know why the people don't revolt in Venezuela. Seriously revolt. Take up arms. Take down the government. This guy is doing absolutely nothing for his people. And now they are starving. Do you realize what's happening there? They are hungry. There is no food. Refrigerators are empty. Okay, bakeries, butcher shops are empty. There is some food in some stores and some warehouses, but in limited supply. Government soldiers, security officers with guns protect those buildings. They protect delivery trucks also. And why? Again, because there's not sufficient food in Venezuela to feed the people. Hear what I'm going to say. Most people in Venezuela are eating once every three days. Hear what I'm saying? Once every three days. And when it does come to that meal on the third day, it is a piece of fat boiled in water and drunk a soup at one meal by the entire family, not even bread. Okay? This is what's going on down there. Uh, people are going out by the thousands in the streets. They're not demonstrating. They're actually fighting. They have guns. They want some food. They're killing for food. The government's killing them. They're killing the government. They're killing each other, all right? There have been, in the last two weeks alone, 50 food fights, supermarkets and warehouses, okay? Five people killed. One was 44-year-old Jimmy Ortiz. He was shot in the face. The other this past week was... A four-year-old girl, she was shot to death between two gangs fighting over food. Fat people are on their way out if they're not already gone. I swear, I'm telling the truth. It's all over the Internet. One woman said that she's lost something like 40 pounds in the last several months. There's not enough food to eat. You eat once every three days. I should go to Venezuela. I need to go on a diet. These people are getting thin improperly and unnaturally. Right. Now, another thing that's sad in this whole thing, Venezuela has the largest oil reserves in the world. You hear what I just said? The largest oil reserves in the, in the world, more than any country in the Middle East, and yet they're starving. Chavez, Hugo Chavez, he hated the United States. He hated Bush, too. Uh, we hated him. But I want to tell you something. He was a good president. His people did not suffer like this under him. And one of the brilliant things he did, he was a socialist, first class. When he took power, he was elected. He nationalized the oil field, all the means of oil production. In other words, he told Exxon, uh, BP, everybody else, Venezuela now owns the oil wells. You people can keep working, but you work for us. And he took the profits. 
He took the profits that the oil companies could not take out of Venezuela, and he distributed it on a per-person basis, a per-capita basis to everyone in his country. They need another guy like this. This Maduro doesn't do the job. Again, I wonder why they don't revolt. And you know how he keeps, one of the ways he keeps his people in line? He pulls what I call a Fidel Castro. Castro was always telling his people, the United States is going to invade us. We have to be careful. We've got to do this and this. We must stay united to oppose the invasion by the United States. Maduro was telling his people constantly, we are going to invade Venezuela. And they believe it. And, you know, that keeps them in line with them to whatever degree they are in line. It's absolutely amazing. It's pure madness. Germany. Remember Adolf Hitler? How can we forget him? Do you remember that in the 1920s he spent some time in jail? You know, the little corporal went to jail. And while he was in jail, he wrote Mein Kampf, Mein Kampf, his great book. Well, this is, you know, all the things that had to be done to make Germany better. Uh, the Jews were no good, et cetera, et cetera. After World War II, Mein Kampf, nobody wanted to buy it. The book couldn't be found to be bought. The, the German government discouraged even the publication of the book. Well, I'm going to tell you what's happening in the past several months with Mein Kampf in Germany. Recognize Germany is having problems. The immigration the immigration coming in big out of Syria. They want to take a million people. They've taken about 350,000 so far with all the problems that come with the immigration situation. They are running with economic problems because all this money that was loaned to the poorer countries, Greece, Italy, Spain, Portugal, Cyprus, was primarily German money. And if it isn't paid back, then Germany's hurting because they threw all this money at these poor countries figuring they were going to make a killing. But you can't make a killing unless you get paid back and they're not getting paid back right now. So there are problems in Germany. Mein Kampf is now in demand in Germany. In mid-April, it was number one on the German Spiegel bestseller list. German Spiegel bestseller list is comparable to the New York Times bestseller list. Today, it has dropped the 14th. Isn't that terrible? The people of Germany are reading Mein Kampf. And I'm going to tell you one reason why. The immigrants, the Jews of yesterday, listen to what Lewis is saying. The Jews of yesterday are the immigrants of today. Recall those many months I've spent in Greece in previous years. I, 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 didn't, I didn't have the this, this show going at the time, but I had a television show, and I also wrote a daily blog, and I wrote the newspaper column. And I said four, three years ago, four years ago, and five years ago, that the Jews of yesterday were the immigrants of today, because there's neo-Nazi parties all over Europe. And there's one in Greece that gets stronger every election. I think they're the third most powerful uh, group in the country today in Greece, and they would chase the immigrants like we were told the Jews were persecuted and chased by the Germans. They would go to a storefront where an immigrant uh, ran a business, and they would break windows. They would put X's on there. Instead of writing Jew on the window or on a building that was owned by an immigrant, they wrote immigrant. The, 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 the feeling was the same, though the name was different. 
They beat up immigrants on the main streets of Athens. I saw it with my own eyes. And do you know what? The police turned a blind eye. They turned around and walked away because the immigrant of today is the Jew of yesterday. We're going to have more problems in Germany and more problems all over Europe in this regard. We're, we're starting to have problems in the United States. It's a worldwide problem. has to be dealt with. I don't know again. I hope somebody resolves these things. The Senate of the United States, they did do something this past week. They may not have helped with regard to the gun problem, the easy access to weapons of death, but they did do something with the draft. Do you realize we still have a draft in the United States? We have a registration law. When a male turns 18 in the United States, he must register for the draft. I thought it was gone because we haven't drafted people in years. The last time we drafted anybody was 1973, but we don't have to anymore because enough people join. But if the day ever comes when we need more soldiers, state of emergency, whether internal or external, they'll be drafted. Well, the, the Senate of the United States last week said, you know, we've been drafting men. We should draft women, too. So last week, they passed the bill, the United States Senate, and said that when women turn 18, they must register for the draft. And they said, why not? And this is expected to pass, by the way, in, in, the, Congre in the House, and the president is anticip it's anticipated will sign it. They're, they're serving in all uh, areas of the military service now, women. Uh, they fight, they're, they're jet fighter pilots. Uh, they drive tanks. Uh, they're into killing. They're into war. Uh, they do everything. So why shouldn't they be drafted? And, you know, women wanted equality, because I don't think this is a nice thing, by the way, women being drafted. I don't even like women fighting in the war, but I'm old-fashioned. Uh, women wanted equality. They got it now, no question about it. You know, it's the old story. Women wanted this, they got it. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. What's good for the gander is good for the goose. Welcome to the party, ladies. Wisconsin, Governor Scott Walker. I thought this guy was a two-faced, the governor of Wisconsin, when he was first elected some four years ago, he promised his people certain things. Then he reneged and did the contrary. Uh, he, the people put him under recall. But he went out and he won that election. So you got to give him credit. He, he's a tough guy and he's got a, he's got a strong following, obviously a strong following. He was a candidate for the Republican nomination this year. For president, he was one of the first to drop out, which surprised me and many other people, because conservative America loves Scott Walker. He does all the crazy things they want him to do or would expect of a leader. Well, do you recall two years ago, he signed into law in Wisconsin that anyone applying for welfare benefits, the poor, the needy, welfare benefits, had to be drug tested first had to be drug tested first. Well, welfare is a state thing, and he could do that. And so now welfare applicants must first be drug tested. And if they got, they got to pee in the cup, and if they got drugs in there, they're not going to get welfare. You may think that's all right. 
let me say this now. Now he wants the United States government to give him permission to test people, food stamp recipients, okay? Now, food stamps are a federal program. And the government says, no, you, you, we can't let you test people for food stamps. So Governor Walker, on behalf of Wisconsin, has sued the United States government to compel in a courtroom uh, for the government, the United States government, to give his state permission to drug test food stamp recipients. What's interesting in this whole thing, and I don't even know if this guy's aware, is that most of the people on food stamps in Wisconsin are children. You heard me. Most of the people on uh, using food stamps are children. Now, he also wants to now to go after those who uh, re- uh, receive unemployment benefits. He, he can do this, this he can do in the state. He has implemented a new rule just last month that anyone seeking unemployment benefits must be drug tested. You show you got drugs in your bloodstream, your body, or whatever, you don't get unemployment benefits. I think he goes not a step too far. He goes a mile too far with regard to this drug thing. He's just trying to cut people off from benefits. I don't believe that most of these recipients are walking around uh, druggies, all right? Uh, but they may be doing some things because they got nothing. What the hell are they going to have? They're going to smoke a joint or something. I say this. If Walker wants you know, to do the unemployed, he wants to do the food stamps, and he's already doing the welfare applicants, well, let's do everybody. Let's do it the right way. I say let's test all public employees in Wisconsin, all public employees, including including elected officials. Let Walker piss in a cup. And you're going to find a lot of public officials elected. We're going to have a problem. Also, I would do this. A very serious drug in this country is alcohol. No one's going to argue the point. Alcohol. Let's alcohol test all public employees, including elected officials. What's good for the goose here is good for, good for the gander, too. And also, this is, I'm going way out now. I know this, and you can never implement it. But I'm saying, what the hell? The rich who do not pay taxes, we drug test them. That's the penalty, the price they have to pay for avoiding taxes. The rich who don't pay their taxes, let's drug test them and then punish them by compelling them to pay their taxes if they prove positive for drug use. Perversity, sex, everything. Bad sex in this country. I mean, we're, we got pedophilia. Uh, boys and girls, forget the priest. I mean, that's been going on for years. Uh, and that's trying to come under control. I think it's coming under control, but nowhere clear and clean yet. We've had it in major sports. Uh, we, we've had it at major universities. We're having it in police stations also. Oakland, California Police Department is undergoing an underage sex scandal. Police perversity, okay? Oakland, California again. In September last year, a police officer committed suicide. Uh, His wife had committed suicide a year before 
And the department thought it strange. His wife's a suicide. A year later, he's a suicide. And his death precipitated an internal affairs probe, an internal affairs police investigation. And what do you think they came up with? The officer involved with sexual misconduct with a minor. Now, the digger, I'm sorry, the deeper they dug, I'm smiling a little bit because you're not going to believe this, the deeper they dug with this investigation, and this is only this past year, they find that not only were there more men in the Oakland Police Department having sex with uh, young ladies, it, it, it extended through several other city police departments in the area. Now comes forward an 18-year-old prostitute. She went public. She said, I had sex with dozens of cops in five cities. She had this sex when she was 17 and younger. Got it? And some of them paid, some of them didn't pay, okay? But most of these were when she was legally a child. Well, they have a police chief in Oakland. His name, Sean Went, W-H-E-N-T. On June 9th, I'm talking in the last two weeks, what, what, what I'm going to talk about from this point forward, this is what happened in the last two week, weeks. The police chief went, he resigned in the wake of the sex uh, revelations. We don't know if it affected him, what happened, but he resigned. This is just June 9th. He was replaced by an interim police chief, Ben Farrell. Six days after Farrell was appointed chief, he resigned. He was forced to resign by the mayor. All right? Mayor appoints a new chief of police, and his name is Paul Figora. He lasted three days, and then he resigned, okay? So they've had three chiefs resign in nine days in Oakland, California, this month. The mayor is not appointing any more chiefs. She has appointed instead a civilian board to run the police department because she doesn't know who is without sin, okay? And she needs someone without sin to run the department. So while they're looking, she's got a civilian group running the department. Whether that's good or bad, I can't tell you. Many of these police officers, as I said, paid for underage sex. The mayor, the mayor compared what the police have been doing in Oakland as to a bunch of guys running a fraternity party. Sex, sex, sex at a frat party. Disgraceful. These are policemen. Uh, now, my column this week, you all know I write a column every week in Conk Life, a newspaper column. This week, and it hits the stands tomorrow, I called Napoleon two times. Napoleon two times. We all know who Napoleon was. Uh, the purpose was to use Napoleon, the purpose of the column, to show that things are not always as they appear. Hear me again. Things are not always as they appear. Some people are considered geniuses when they are not, if the truth were known. Some people are considered heroes, and they are not, if the truth were known. Let's start with the Louisiana Purchase. It's 1803 when the United States Thomas Jefferson was our president, and he was considered a genius, and this till this day in the history books for what he accomplished. He bought the Louisiana Territory, 
all 827,000 square miles of land west of the Mississippi for four cents an acre. Can you imagine four cents an acre? The total cost was $15 million worldwide. Every nation thought he was an absolute genius to have accomplished this. It doubled the size of the United States at four cents an acre. Well, what most of the history books fail to tell us or, and or to acknowledge is the following. France owned Haiti, the island in the Caribbean. They also controlled New Orleans, and obviously they owned the land that was part of the Louisiana Purchase. Napoleon was having trouble on Haiti. The slaves were revolting. So he said to his brother-in-law, General Leclerc, his brother-in-law, he said, I'm going to send you to New Orleans because I want to, New Orleans, not Haiti yet, I want to establish a French presence in New Orleans and in the Mississippi Valley. But before you, you go to New Orleans, stop in Haiti and put down that lousy slave re revolution. It'll take you a month or two. Well, Leclerc went with 30,000 of France's best troops, best trained troops to Haiti, and within a year, most of them were sick or dead, including Leclerc. He died, all right? They, they, they didn't know in France. Napoleon didn't know about mosquitoes and yellow fever, and they came down with yellow fever. He sent another general a year later with 20,000 more crack troops, and that general returned to France. At the end of that year, remember, France had now sent 50,000 troops over. Do you know how many this general brought back with him? There were only 3,000 left alive. Napoleon said, screw New Orleans, screw Louisiana, screw Haiti. I want out of that hemisphere. Get rid of the Louisiana Territory. I'm not sending any of my soldiers there ever again. I've got enough problems on the table here in Europe fighting everybody. And so Jefferson is given credit for being the genius who apparently out-negotiated Napoleon in France and got the property for $15 million when, in truth, Napoleon wanted to give it away. He gave it away because of the mosquitoes and the yellow fever. Now comes the Battle of Waterloo, June 18, 1850. The history books say the hero is the Duke of Wellington. He led the Allied armies that defeated Napoleon. Well, that's not really the way it happened. Napoleon had hemorrhoids. Napoleon had hemorrhoids. The, the night before the battle, he couldn't sleep and he was in severe pain, okay? So he took opium. He took too much. Instead of being on the battlefield at 7 in the morning, he slept till past noon and didn't get there till 1 o'clock. In the meantime, the Wellington's allied forces, re, they didn't stay where they were, where they would have been for the start of the battle. They moved their forces into other areas, which was a great strategic move on their part. No one stopped them because Napoleon's still in bed. When he got up at 1 o'clock, he was in trouble. He couldn't sit on his horse. He couldn't get on his horse. His hemorrhoids were killing him. He's taking opium all afternoon, this man, during this great battle. That, the pain was intense. One of the things Napoleon used to do during a battle was ride his horse around the perimeter of the battles so he knew where to tactically move his men around so they could defeat the enemy. He could not do it that day because he couldn't move his ass on top of the horse because of the hemorrhoids. Well, the battle wasn't one to late in the day. There's no question that had Napoleon been in proper health, 
He would have beat the hell out of Wellington and the other European nations. But he couldn't be the type of general he was. And because of his hemorrhoids and because of too much opium, the battle was lost. It wasn't that Wellington was the hero. It was the calamity, the misfortune of Napoleon having hemorrhoids. Okay, where are we? Well, my work time has run out again. Uh, good show tonight, I thought. I hope you found it interesting. I enjoyed putting it together. Uh, come back again next week. Many of you are. I have advertisers now. I can't believe this. Uh, the, the podcast people told me my numbers are good. So now I have people, uh, and you can hear them when you, you go to turn on the show. And I'm impressed. I'm impressed at big people. Uh, this, this show is archived. Most of you read the archived version during the week on Block Talk Radio, YouTube. I'm also linked to my Key West Lou website. I write a blog every morning. It has nothing to do with what I talked about here. It's my life in Key West, and that's interesting, too. And if you want to know what Key West is about and all the crazy things we do down here, read my blog every morning. It's under keywestlou.com, keywestlou.com. And I, I believe you will enjoy it. Again, thank you for joining me this evening. I look forward to being with you again next week.